You're listening to Millennial Minds, a podcast that confronts culture with the biblical worldview. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jared. (laughs) You did it. I don't want to. You're being so funny about it, too. She's hosting Uh, this episode. I'm not. Isn't that amazing? See, I'm not, though. But you are. No. But I still get to do what I like to do. Talk a ton? No, this. How are you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm fine. Yeah? Um, What's going on? I don't know. I spent a lot of the day driving around running errands. And when you do that here, it's pretty much I spent the day in traffic slamming on my brakes a lot and trying to not get hit by people just turning into traffic without a care in the world. Yeah, you should know your traffic is a problem when comedians are making jokes about driving in Dallas. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. So what did John Mulaney say? He says, I was recently in Dallas, or I was recently driving in Dallas, and that's like a that's, uh, what is it? Driving that's, with... That's like a highway full of 13-year-olds. 13-year-olds, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, yeah, in, basically. His, in his little bit about that, which it's from a couple of years ago, he talks about getting like stuck in one of those u-turn oh yeah the u-turn lane when he talked about that i was like oh my gosh that has happened to me like the first (laughs) week we moved here i didn't want to be in that and i just went around yeah the roads here are a little bit different from really anywhere else there's some things i like about them and then you know the other things that i don't like about them like uh you know the people who drive on them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, I'm just kidding. They're so crazy out there. Vicious. Aggressive. Yes. You're part of it. You're a crazy driver. I've had to be, I have had You've to had learn to, to be a little bit more aggressive so that I actually mm-hmm. get where I'm going because I, I think I've tapped into why everyone is such a freak on the road is because uh, the other <laughs> 50% of drivers here just get on the road because they enjoy paying tolls, I think. And I think maybe they make it a, a goal they just in take life. Little to, day trips. The speed limit here is seventy. Now I see that the flow of traffic is seventy-five. I'm gonna just do a steady fifty. Oh. See, what bothers me is when you're going like eighty, keeping up, and there's still people flooring it around you. Yeah, those people are just rude. Hey, you need to chill out. Self-important. And you're the reason there are so many accidents. Thanks. It's because they make so much money, they have to show everyone else how much money they make by being on your tail in their pretentious vehicle. Yep. That I probably will fix at some point. Yeah. I was going (laughs) to say, we all know what that leather's worth. By the way, it's not leather. Indeed. Anyways, (laughs) that was like a weird inside joke that isn't a joke. Yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. It's kind of weird. Um, So today we are interviewing Jared. So if you were able to listen to last week's episode, uh, he interviewed me and our discussion was on infertility and pregnancy loss, just longing for motherhood. It's something um, that we've walked through together and... Leading up to Mother's Day, we had been planning on doing a talk about that. And um, so he interviewed me and and I would suggest like definitely giving that a listen if if you haven't yet. Um, So, yeah. Did you have something to say? You're clapping at me. What? You were like. Oh, I, I think I was doing that to pass the time. Oh. Uh, but no, on Am that, I really on that point, boring you that much? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not like that. Oh, hold on. Hold uh, on. I have to grab some notes. 
What? There, you have your notes right there. Not, not those. I wanted to say something. Oh, well, while she's grabbing her notes <laughs> that she left in an entirely different universe. Um, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I did want to say kind of on that note of last week, you really should listen. Um, if you are walking through this, uh, it's I, I think it's encouraging to hear other people's story. Um, to see how they have worked through it or are currently working through it. I mean, that's where we're at. We're not at the end of our story. We're right in the middle of it. And I think that for a lot of people, it can be hard. I, I know for Sarah, it's hard um, hearing, you know, the happy ending or hearing about walking through infertility mm-hmm. from someone who already has reached the end and now has kids. Yeah. Uh, it's hard because, you know, as much as you don't want it to invalidate what they're saying, it's almost like, you know, well, it's easy for you to say that because now you mm-hmm. have reached the end. You have you have your kids and now I'm still waiting. And yeah. now you're telling me, well, you know, I mean, not that like it invalidates anything you yeah. say. I mean, because I mean, you know, quite frankly, I would look to my, you know, my pastor to speak into our situation. And he um, isn't an infertile woman, you know. Right. So so I, I think definitely that's a um, <laughs> an invalid argument, probably, uh, you know, gaining popularity in our culture Mm -hmm. that if you're not experiencing something directly yourself, then you Mm. have no words to speak into that and you have no right to speak to it. That's not true. Um, No, it's not true. But um, I think the temptation is that if you are walking through this, you don't want to hear the cliches and you don't want to hear the encouragements from the people uh, who have what they want. And it feels like at this moment, maybe in the past they had understood it, but they aren't understanding anymore because now they've reached the end of their story uh, with infertility. They have kids. So their story is fundamentally different from yours because you're still waiting. You don't know how it's going to end up. You know, you might never have kids or something might click. God might open the floodgates of heaven and you might have 10 kids and, you know, all is good in the world or whatever. But um, so it's certainly a struggle. So I just encourage you, if you're walking through this, um, be encouraged. We're walking, you know, we're walking with you. We're we haven't reached the end of our story. So I'd encourage you to go back, listen to last week's episode with Sarah uh, just sharing her heart. And I, I, I mean, I was encouraged. I, I've heard from a couple other people that it was an encouraging thing to hear mm-hmm. and helpful. Um, and two, if you are kind of on the outside looking in, not understanding what infertility feels like, what it looks like um, to walk through that and you're wanting to learn and find resources to help you walk alongside others better, um, listen to the episode. It's really helpful. I think we share honestly some things and um, we don't claim to be perfect. So some of it might be skewed just because of, you know, the deep heartache that we have walked through the past couple of years. But uh, just to be able to hear an honest conversation, I think would be helpful for you uh, if you're wanting to learn more mm. about this struggle. So yeah. on that note, Sarah has returned from alternate dimensions with her notes. Oh my goodness. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> well, I guess I kind of just wanted to do a quick, short little follow-up off of last week and just thank you to whoever did listen. If you're listening right now, like it means a lot to me that you would see. I mean, it's pretty evident uh, the subject of the podcast episode of what we're discussing. And so the fact that you listened and clicked on it just really means a lot. Um, and so I kind of just jotted down a few things that I was thinking on through this week, just like anyone who ever shares their story, they leave and they're thinking, Oh, should I have really said that? Or should I have said this instead? And I was kind of thinking through, like, I'm, I think I feel pretty confident with everything I shared, but I did want to give maybe like an update. I kind of left it in this 
kind of unclear. I never really shared like where me and Jared are at as far as um, practically pursuing having children. Um, Mm. So I guess kind of right now what I feel comfortable sharing is just like, um, well, from a spiritual standpoint, I'm trying to cling to the uh, line, God is most glorified in us and we are most satisfied in him from John Piper. Mm. Just that the object of my affections is to be God himself and not anything that I can get in this world. Um, and so that's definitely been something I'm working on spiritually. Um, more practically is we're, we're, um, well, I guess, sorry, I do have a few more thoughts on the spiritual side. (laughs) I'm trying to use my longing for motherhood. I'm trying to implement that. Um, and I want to encourage other people walking through infertility. If you have that longing to, find outlets to express yourself, um, to others, like whether it be helping someone with their kids. Um, I just bumped this. No, that's fine. Okay. okay. Um, I'm trying to tell my story more. You heard last week and I'm just trying to not waste this season. Um, so then as far as us pursuing children, we're still seeking answers with our doctor. Um, and just a note on that, it's very, it can be costly and expensive just trying to get all of that done. So it kind of ends up becoming a slower process because it's like, oh, we went to the doctor like a ton. Well, yeah. let's get all those bills paid before we do some more. Yeah, so it that's can be kind part, of a long journey. For sure, because insurance companies don't necessarily, even Christian insurance companies aren't necessarily in it to pay for, you, you know, what could be considered, you know, extra costs that aren't, you know, it's not preventive care. It's not, uh, you know, no one's at risk of dying. No one has a disease, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I'm not pregnant. So to get that healthcare, it just, you know, it becomes, it becomes costly just pursuing the road of, of trying to have a baby and everything. Um, so that's kind of where we're at just seeking answers. Um, we're definitely making progress. I think we're getting healthy, Mm -hmm. um, physically just, trying to redo our diet and, and everything else, but ultimately just reminding ourselves and I have to tell us, or I ask Jared for encouragement all the time because I'm like, Oh, Jared, I just, if I just ate this or that, and then I feel like if I eat one thing that's not correct in the diet plan, then I'm going to screw myself over forever. (laughs) But it's just not true. Um, and God is the one who gives us the good gifts. He's the one who provides, uh, children to anyone he says they're a gift from from him. Um, yep. So yeah, kind of just sure. where we're at. Does that kind of give a good No, I, I think, think that's really good. Where we're I, at? And, and also, I mean, you know, we're recording a podcast right now about this. Uh, we did last week's podcast. Um, and so it might be easier to seem like we've got it all together and things are really great. But honestly, you know, we walk through really tough seasons. And I think that we've kind of been walking through, we, we've just had a couple weird days where we were mm-hmm. feeling really sad, feeling kind of down about things. And, and some of that is just, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, those days that are specifically about it are just reminders. Yeah. And so some of that might be linked to that. Um, but yeah, we, you know, you walk through seasons, you, things aren't perfect. You know, we don't have perfect lives and things aren't polished and we get in fights and we, things get tense and and stuff. And so we continue to just, you know, ask the Lord to have mercy on us to, Mm -hmm. um, and also just fight to have grace towards one another. Um, I mean, I think that's been 
I don't know if this is edging in on any of the questions you had planned, but mm. I mean, I think one of the strengths that we've had through walking through this is it seems like the moments that you're really weak, I've been really strong. The moments that I've been really weak, you've been really strong. Mm -hmm. And so very rarely have we both been, I think you know, we've had that tanks. recently yeah, though. Exactly, and we're yeah. both like, what do we do? Yeah. Where we're just kind of <laughs> sitting around and like, oh, we're both feeling pretty sad and pretty <laughs> low today. This is weird. Um, yeah. But that hasn't been the norm. And, you know, I, I just think it's the blessing of the Lord in our lives of, of, you know, just knowing that, okay, well, Jared's going to have a bad day today. Uh, you know, I'm going to give Sarah extra grace mm. to, and, and just strengthen her and give her peace to be able to support Jared today and vice versa. So definitely it's the work of the Lord in our marriage. But um, yeah, all that's to say is life doesn't look perfect. We're not the perfect people that are handling this issue perfectly. And we're still growing in how we interact with each other, how we love one another through this uh, and how we interact with the Lord as well. Uh, so just, I, I just wanted to encourage you, you know, it is a tough road. It's not going to look perfect all the time, but that doesn't mean mm -hmm. you're failing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's see. Well, I guess we should dive in then, huh? Let's do it. Try she to... has not, she wanted to let me know what the questions were beforehand, but I <laughs> thought it'd be more interesting just to spontaneous. Uh, well, don't judge my questions if you're like, why Come don't at you me, ask bro. that? I'm trying to. I wrote down so many little notes and I'm like, I'm a note taker. Is anyone out there like a little note taker where you have like a million pieces of paper everywhere and you're like, where's all my notes? I have, my notes. I have a bullet journal, but sometimes it's not around and I end up having little notes. Anyway. Very sad. That's that. That okay. is that. All right, here we go. So let's just do this. I'm ready. Jared, are you ready for these questions? I was born ready. Okay. Um, so I guess just kind of, um, like as a precursor kind of, kind of statement, it's more common to hear typically from women regarding the subject of pregnancy loss and infertility. Yeah. Um, so even though, even though it's a more taboo topic, regardless, it's still, if someone's going to talk about it, it's typically going to be a woman. <laughs> so I guess with that in mind, um, what's, what has been some of the most difficult parts of walking through pregnancy loss and infertility? Hmm. Uh, what's really hard? Well, I can't control it. And isn't it the, the husband's job to create a life for his family and all that stuff? Um, it's difficult knowing I can't control it and I can't make anything happen. Hmm. Um, that's difficult. It's also difficult feeling like I'm on the outside looking in sometimes, mm -hmm. especially in terms of how you're dealing with it, because sometimes you deal with things more internally. Mm -hmm. um, so you mean just like in response to it, not necessarily like my body and everything. Right. Like in response to like your feelings, your emotions, mm -hmm. how you're doing with it. Um, it's almost like that uh, in your book, embodying hope it talks about uh you know the levels of grief or like the the you've talked about before on here i believe i can't remember if you did or not but mm -hmm. there there's appropriate ways in handling grief and basically in giving comfort and giving oh, the, complaint the cone, cone thing i think the, so people the ring yeah the, the ring rings. so the the people closest to the center you know let's say a person dies well that person's spouse uh, they get support from the people outside the ring that are maybe the rings are made up of like, you know, 
close family members. Yeah, extended family. Extended family, friends, friends, uh, associates. And the ring goes out from there to even less connected people with that person. So um, it would be inappropriate for someone who is maybe third ring out, a friend, uh, to call the wife of the deceased husband and say, gosh, I'm really down today. I really need you to pray for me because I'm really missing your dead husband. That would be an appropriate grief. Uh, What would be appropriate is for anyone on the outside of that person. So let's say you are a friend and you, you know, the ring on the inside of friends is uh, extended family. It would Mm -hmm. be appropriate for friends to call extended families, offering condolences, offering care uh, and just supporting them. So the whole point is. Uh, grief uh, is expressed going out from the center and support goes in from the outside. And that's how you judge what's appropriate, what's not. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's clear or not. There's a line in Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks says that complaints go up the chain of command or no complaints go. uh, Yeah. Complaints go up the chain of command, not down. So uh, one of his men was trying to get him to, to admit that the mission they were on was stupid. That was, in, in their verbiage, uh, foobar, and you can figure that out. <laughs> um, and and uh, Captain Miller, played by Tom Hanks, said uh, that, you know, complaints go up the chain of command, they don't go down, and they're saying, well, what would you say to your commanding officer? Uh, and, and, he, and Tom Hanks says, well, <laughs> I would say this is an excellent mission, sir, worthy of my, uh, you know, my greatest effort, sir, and blah, 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 blah. It, it was just kind of a funny moment. But I think it expresses that thing, like, uh, just as in Saving Private Ryan, complaints go one way up the chain of command, they don't go the other way. So too grief, you know. So that's a long way of me saying, like, sometimes I feel like I'm on a <laughs> ring outside of you and I need to be supporting you and I don't know how to... M- it, it like can instead feel, of you being the subject of the grief as yeah, well. Yeah, together with you uh, in, you know, grieving together, sometimes it can feel difficult to to know how to navigate, you know, how do I support you? How do I be there for you? Um, and it's really tough, too, when I feel like, you know, I am, I, my tank is empty. You know, I'm burning out on fumes. I'm sad. I'm, I'm grieving, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, trying to feel like, you know, how do I continue to support you? And, um, so that, that's definitely difficult too. Um, other things that are difficult about, about walking through infertility, I think something that's really tough, uh, is, um, I mean, I think you mentioned some of the practical things, Yeah. you know, I've been, I've run into target for something really simple, Uh, And I'm trying to take a quick, you know, shortcut through different aisles to get to where I need to go. And all of a sudden I find myself in the baby aisle uh, and I just kind of stop and I look at the diapers. I look at the onesies. I look at the little toys and, you know, I just would love to be in that aisle because I'm buying some diapers (laughs) or I'm buying a onesie or uh, you know, whatever it is, I want to be in that aisle because I need to be in that aisle. I don't want to mm. be in that aisle just because I happen to stumble in there. And then there's inevitably other people. I've seen a couple standing there uh, and she's pregnant and they're like looking at things and it's just like I know what they're looking forward to. Uh, and it's a really lonely feeling of just feeling mm. like no one here 
not that anyone here knows me, but no one here could even guess at mm. what we've walked through. No one here mm-hmm. could guess at the feelings that, you know, you don't even think about walking through the baby aisle. Maybe if you're single or if you're married and you don't have kids uh, or you do have kids, maybe some of the thoughts are, oh, I'd like to have a kid someday. Yeah. Or I look forward to having a baby someday. Or, uh, oh, that would look good on my baby. <laughs> you know, those <laughs> sorts of things. But no one would guess the the, the feelings that we have that, that just kind of pop up. Mm-hmm. Unexpected feelings of anger and, and just sadness and grief and loneliness. Yeah. Uh, just happening to, to walk through the, the little baby aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just little things like that that people just... You know, I I don't think um, people realize and um, even a lot of the time I don't realize. I mean, we don't realize the little triggers for other people Mm. in the in the thing, the hard things that they're walking through. But uh, I mean, for me, it's like I one of the hardest things for me to see is uh, a dad with his little boy. Mm. It just destroys me. Uh, I remember back a couple. uh, It was back. In Cleveland, um, I was working at Starbucks, and this was after our second miscarriage, our ectopic. And I was cleaning up things. It was in a mall, so I was kind of putting stuff away. And you know, we were getting ready to close. And this father and his son come up, and he's ordering. And his son is maybe like two and a half, maybe. And he walks over to me, and he's just like, "Hi." <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's just, and he, I, I don't know if he spoke a whole lot more than that because he just stood there like with the biggest grin. He was super cute. <laughs> I remember he was you just telling like, me Hi. about him. I'm like, hey, buddy, hi. <laughs> you know, he was like super cute, and I just wanted to take him home. Uh, but <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know if I told you this, but they, they, you know, he came and grabbed his son, and they left, and I just was continuing to put stuff away, and it was like that moment of loneliness of mm-hmm. like no one could guess that that an interaction like that, that could that utterly destroy me. Yeah, and I felt stupid, but I was like over there like crying, like putting oh, stuff into this cabinet you never and putting told stuff me away. That. You just yeah. told me about that moment of you're like, there's the cutest little kid and his yeah, dad. Yeah, for sure. Um, but oh, yeah, like most guys don't go around like, I just saw the cutest little boy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, partly because that might sound creepy. But, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, like it, it's just little interactions like that that are, you know, unexpectedly heartbreaking uh-huh. uh, when you walk through something like this. So yeah, I, I certainly just, I see that and I just dream about like, you know, what's it going to be like to have my little buddy? What's it going to be like to have... <laughs> Uh, you know, a little girl and I can take her out on dates and stuff like that. And um, so anyways, yeah. Aw. Yeah. Just getting a window into Jared's hopes and dreams. Yeah. I need my little sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Is there anything else you want to share that's been difficult about it? Um, Trying to think of anything. I mean, there, there's all kinds of things. I can't really think of anything else. Right? Those are just kind of the ones that pop in my mm-hmm. head. Um, you mentioned it, like finances. That that's the hardest thing in the world because it's just like uh, <laughs> you care. You know, we were going to you in the hopes that we that you would deliver our baby. Instead, we got bad news. Isn't that kind of like oh? Uh, <laughs> Like, isn't that kind of like you going and buying a car that ends up breaking down and not working out and you just say, okay, well, I'm not buying this. (laughs) Um, So it's almost like, well, I don't owe you money. You didn't, (laughs) you didn't do a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I can't think of anything else. Why don't we okay. keep going? Um, so I don't know if this is a question. I don't know if I worded it well, but I basically just wanted to ask, like, how has it been different? I guess, how has it been different for you versus, well, I wrote, than your wife, which is me. Like, can you kind of yeah. weigh in on that? Dynamic um, a little well, bit? I kind of alluded to it, the feeling of being kind of outside the situation. But you, ugh, I mean, it's it's one of the hardest things of feeling like you're the one walking through. Uh, I mean, it's it's miscarriage is terrible in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just an emotional thing and it's not just a medical thing. But um, there were nights in bed where I was just holding you and you were cringing from the cramps. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean... Those were the nights that I felt kind of outside of the situation. Like, gosh, how can I support? How can I be Mm. here? Um, And it's hard, too, because, you know, I want to grieve as well. And how do we grieve together is just a really tough thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, I mean, that that's probably a different way of thinking through it. Um, another thing is you are much more like aware and cognizant of everything going on with your body. Um, you know, for me, I I can feel like, uh, you know, let's just, um, you know, let's just do as much as we can to, you know, we'll eat better. We'll, we'll work out. We'll make sure we're not, um, you know, I don't know, drinking too much alcohol or, or I, I don't know, all the different dieting things, the lifestyle things. Are we, um, you know, spending enough time together, you know, <laughs> to, to, for there to be a baby made, <laughs> you know, those sorts of things. Um, and then I, I think it's so much easier for me to, to kind of check all the boxes, so to say, and then say, well, ultimately this is in God's hands and we can do everything perfectly. And if it's not in his will for us to get pregnant this, you know, this year or this month, then we're not going to. Um, and if it is his will, then, you know, we could do everything wrong (laughs) and you're still going to get pregnant because he's the one who creates life in the womb. He does it. He's the one who's sovereign over that. And so, um, I think in some ways it's easier for me to let it go. Um, you know, month by month, uh, mm-hmm. or week by week. Uh, whereas you, I think are, you probably have just a better handle on, okay, that's another month that ticked by. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, a, you know, cause it's easy for me now to look back and be like, wow, we, we've been married for over five years. Uh, this has happened three times and, uh, you know, there, I mean, I still am far from feeling like, oh, it's too late. Uh, right. Too many, you know. I know there's that feeling of like, it's totally not attic, too late, but it's know. like, whoa, we're, it's, yeah, sorry. Well, I think part of it is just we're coming up on 30 years old and it's just, you know, I mm-hmm. think it's starting to hit me too of like, gosh, this is not what I expected. Right. Like I thought, like, gosh, I, I really wanted to, you know. When we first got married, I didn't, you know, we had our five-year plan, you know, let's, (laughs) let's, uh, get financially stable and save up and go on some amazing trip for our five-year anniversary. And then we'll have kids, you know, that sort of thing. And then, you know, six or what was it? Nine months later, I think, uh, we had our first miscarriage and that just changed everything to where now we were just like, Oh, well let's have like all the babies in the world. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm looking back over several years and just thinking, Man, I'm I'm 27, and I know that's not old, 
And I know I'm not at 30 yet, and even that's not old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just thought, you know, I'd get married at 21, and we'd just pop out kids and have our life roaring yeah. along, and um, and that just hasn't been the case. You know, hmm. um, it's been it's been hard. Uh, even I mean, just peripheral things that have been hard in life too. Um, but I, I think this has definitely been one of the biggest things to impact us, and just. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in our low moments, in my low moments, uh, this is kind of at the forefront of it, of, um, it feels like everyone else, um, you know, their, their life is chugging along and things are going well. They have their careers, they have their families, they have their houses, they have their kids. Um, and we're still just struggling through this one thing of just wanting kids and, um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's just a, uh, multifaceted struggle. <laughs> um, but I don't even know if that answered your question of how yeah. I struggled different from you. But I mean, I think for me as a man, as a husband, uh, it's difficult to know that I can't control things and it makes me angry. And sometimes I'm tempted to, in the past, I've been tempted to be angry at you for your grief because it's a reminder of my inability to control hmm. anything and my inability to make it go away. My, like, it's not even something I can take on myself and mm-hmm. fix. Um, it's not something I can look at you and say like, okay, I, I see the problem you're having and do like the stereotypical husband thing of like, here's how you fix your situation. And you're saying, I just want you to listen. Uh, it's not a situation like that where I can even say, here's how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're taking steps. We've done all kinds of things. We spent a lot of money. Uh, and you know, we've gotten closer to some answers. We figured some things out, but we still in some ways feel like we're still far away off, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, again, the struggle is just how do I continue to support you, um, and take care of you and, you know, shepherd your heart. Mm. It's a struggle. Yeah. So thanks for answering. You're welcome. Um, I didn't realize it was optional, but. Since you said I mean, thank of you, it, it makes is. it sound... You, you don't have to answer anything you don't want to. I decline. I'm sorry. I'm not taking questions today. That's it. That's a wrap, <laughs> folks. Short episode. Enjoy your latte. No. Um, okay. Well, I think that's a good lead to the next question I have for you. Um, so how how has the Lord used this in your life to grow your faith? Um, I think in some ways it's still growing. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Well, Disclaimer. Oh, oh. Not that... Here's something really, really quick. Not that the point of grief is to grow us into spiritual maturity. I think that that's a byproduct that happens, but we need to stop thinking that bad things just constantly happen so that we can become something greater or better. Because sometimes the bad things just happen and God says, I'm there with you. Not necessarily, oh, I'm going to make you I mean, that's definitely true. He, he uses our circumstances and our pain to bring about holiness and transformation and growth. But that being said, okay. <laughs> now you may answer. Wow, that was quite the setup. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even um, know I'd say that. I feel like there's a discussion to be had there. Um, <laughs> so what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. It's how has the Lord used this trial in your life to help grow your faith? Cause it, it totally does. It, it helps. Um, yeah, I, I think in some ways it's caused me to realize my life isn't in my control. Uh, and I think I alluded to that a little bit a second ago, but 
in that, um, you know, I grew up probably with, you know, the same mindset every young guy has of here are all my aspirations. My dreams are going to come true. I'm going to get married and life will be perfect and nothing bad will ever happen. And I won't ever run out of money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and now I, I'm realizing how little dependence I had on God. Um, when I was living as though I had control over all these different things and things were coming easy to me. Um, and it just seems like I hit a point in my life where things weren't coming easy anymore. Um, Mm. you know, opportunities weren't just knocking on the door, you know, and, um, you know, I just had to learn, you know, wow, I actually do have to depend on God. He's actually the one who is my provider, not me. And so I think that has definitely been emphasized in this season and since we've been married. Um, and I think in a lot of ways it has increased my faith to um, desire to be a godly husband. Um, I have I've had moments where I look into seeing how this could affect you negatively of how, you know, if I were to take my role seriously Um, how am I protecting your heart? How am I leading and not in like a domineering way or somehow like I'm better or Mm -hmm. something like that, but of just taking, you know, a spiritual role seriously. Uh, I've just had moments just driving and stuff where I'm just thinking through like, gosh, if I continue to ignore my responsibilities or if I continue to, um, you know, to not do my best in this area with you, caring for you, shepherding you, uh, and supporting you. Um, you know, and not to say that I'm not saying this saying that if I weren't to do my role, then you are incapable of walking with the Lord. Mm. Um, and he's incapable of leading you just you and like that sort of thing. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is like, I felt like I've, I've had windows into, um, or moments of realization of just seeing how destructive situations like this can be uh, if you were walking alone and I was ignoring my responsibilities to you. Mm. Um, of destructive to you, not destructive to your faith, not destructive, just of, um, you know, what our life could become if in these moments of, uh, of your deepest need of support and my deepest need of, you know, of the Lord, if I were to just ignore all that and, um, not that I'm, you know, (laughs) not that I'm off doing my own thing, but it's just super easy to be an autopilot and, Mm. you know, you go to work and you come home and, uh, and you know, I've got schoolwork to do and, you know, we don't really spend a lot of time together. And so we go a couple days and we haven't talked and, um, and we're angry at each other because we haven't connected. So there's tension and, um, just all of that stuff. Um, it's just really grown my faith in, in the fact that God can use me in our marriage to create, uh, just, I don't know, growth, uh, flourishing, that sort of thing of trusting his design of the family when it comes to grief, Mm -hmm. I think is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Sorry. That was just me trying to, I like it. Me trying to untie my thoughts. Um, But yeah, so I I think that's been part of it. And I think part of it has been God using these sorts of situations to shake me out of my autopilot that I sometimes can get into Hmm. um, where I don't take things as seriously as I as I need to. 
Um, whether that's just, you know, praying for you or us praying together or whatever it is, even if it's just knowing that we need like 10 or 20 minutes to just sit down and talk to each other every day and just see how each other are doing, um, see how each other is doing. Um, but you know, sometimes it's easy not to do that for days at a time when things get busy. So, um, I just think that's been an area that, that the Lord has been, you know, growing me, uh, Mm. And, uh, again, just ongoing dependence of, you know, we can't make anything happen. Yeah. We can't make life in the womb, uh, you know, happen. Uh, we can play a part, (laughs) but it's, it's certainly not in our control. If it was, then we would have all the children in the world at this point. Hmm. Um, but just knowing that he's in control, uh, and that, you know, we were even just talking, this is another example of us you know, walking this out daily still, we, we aren't, you know, we still struggle. Um, you know, we are texting back and forth today and, you know, the thought came up that, you know, this is not an accident. You know, we trust that God is in control and that he's wiser. and He's more loving than we can imagine and that he is going to get glory for this. And he's going to use us in our situation to impact those around us, uh, for his glory, for their good. And ultimately he is using our situations to make us more like Christ. And so, uh, we can trust that this isn't happening because, uh, you know, sin rules the planet. Uh, this isn't happening because God is not able to control things and he's trying his best and he's trying to push the right buttons. But, you know, the cosmic, uh, machine that runs everything is running amok because sin infected it and now God can't control his machine anymore. You know, that's not how it is. Everything happens exactly as he, uh, as he wants it to happen, as he's ordained that it comes to pass. And so we can trust. And that doesn't mean we don't have questions. That doesn't mean like, okay, well, you could have easily said that this wouldn't come to pass yet. It is. And why is it us? Why are you, why Mm -hmm. is this your plan for us? Mm -hmm. Um, why couldn't this just be your plan for someone else? And we, Mm. Uh, get to live our dandy little lives and take our kids for granted, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that sort of thing. And so um, there's definitely moments of doubt, definitely moments of where we just have to stop and admit, you know, I don't know, God, why this is what you're doing in our life. Um, and I might not know um, until, you know, until I'm dead, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the reality. But what I do know is that you are loving, that if you were out to punish us, uh, and this is your punishment towards us for our sin or for something, you're doing a really terrible job because, you know, based on what I've seen in scripture, the punishment for sin is much more severe than this. So that must not be what it is. Plus, I know that you've punished Christ in our place so that we could be free from the guilt of our sins. So I know you're not punishing us. So you must be working something else out according to, uh, mm. according to the counsel of your will for our good and you know, so I'm, I'm free to trust him. I'm free to trust that he loves me, that he knows me, that he cares for me, yet he can also lead me through these times. Mm. Um, so that was a long ramble for me that to say really that's helpful. how that I'm growing really great. in faith, I, I guess. I feel like I got a window into how you're doing and everything too, because we haven't had time to talk in the last few days. <laughs> it's been busy. So cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next question. Hold on, let me double check it. Okay, let me read this, and if it sounds really bad, I'll reread it. Um, 
<laughs> I'll okay. reread it differently. I mean, <laughs> okay, go okay. for it. <laughs> um, I think we tend to only uh, think to extend comfort to a woman who is walking through pregnancy loss and fertility. Yes. Um, so I think like first response is always to offer comfort and support for the woman. Cause that's who we think of as hurting like right. the most. And obviously yeah. it's not true. Um, what are some ways that others can encourage the men who are in this just as much as their wives are? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really good. Uh, first I want to say this, it is not my place to tell anyone how to grieve, but when I find out here, what? Here's one of the most frustrating things that I can hear from someone, uh, from a husband who's walking through infertility with his wife. I've had this multiple times. I find out from a friend, oh, we had a miscarriage, or I find out from someone, you know, hey, you know, we had a miscarriage, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's just heartbreaking to me because I know what it's like. I know what that feels like. Um, and you know, so I basically just try and craft maybe a text or I give them a call or an email, whatever it is of just reaching out and saying, I'm so sorry that this has happened. This is, this is, uh, this is terrible. Um, I love you. We care for you guys. We're here for you. We're praying for you. Um, you know, that God would comfort you and that, that, that his peace would be with you. Um, and if you need a shoulder to cry on, if you need someone to hug you, if you, whatever you need, let me know. Uh, cause I want to be there for you. I want to walk with you. Uh, and if you guys need meals, whatever it is, please let us serve you, uh, during this time. Uh, and to say that and then get the response back of, oh, it's okay. We weren't ready for kids anyways. Mm. Is it may, I, you know, I'm, I'm ready to kill him. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I think that, yeah, you're right. The stereotype, or not stereotype, but generally uh, care is given towards the woman. The woman is thought of as the one grieving, not the woman and her husband. Yeah. Or it's like seeing that the husband is just there to support his wife. Right, exactly. Like she's walking through it and he's there to support his wife. Yeah. Exactly. So that's wrong. But also, before I answer your question, I just want to say, if you're a husband and your wife has miscarried your child, um, do you not understand what has just happened? Do you not understand that uh, a, a person came into existence with the image of God on them and they have died in the womb? That's what a miscarriage is. Um, and you can get all technical. You can say it was, uh, you know, very early in the pregnancy and you can, you can get all into all the scientific, you know, minutia of it and psych yourself out of thinking that this was a person. But I mean, even in terms of pro-life argumentation and everything of, we know that, uh, at the moment of fertilization, when the sperm comes into contact with the egg, a new being is created a person that's distinct in their, uh, DNA and their genetics and their blood type and the, in all of it, it's a brand new person. And to lose that is tragic to lose. That, uh, is something that we need to grieve. Um, but we can't grieve it until we understand it. And so I'm just, I, I don't understand, um, unless you just don't know, unless you don't really understand what a miscarriage is, um, 
you need to be grieving. You need to, you need to be upset by it. this should bother you. You shouldn't just be like, okay with this. If you are okay with this, you need to repent. <laughs> like that's an area uh, that you need to care. Um, that's an area that you should be upset by what has happened. Um, and if you're un- so unmoved by this event that your wife is upset and in tears and stuff, and you are not upset at all and you're just kind of fine, you know, something's wrong there. Mm. That said, you know, you can be upset and not cry. You can be upset and seem fine. You can be upset, you know, so I'm not telling you how to grieve. I'm just saying that they're, they're, you know, an affirmation of life in the womb, uh, I think warrants you grieving in some way. Uh, so don't be the guy who acts like everything is fine and his wife is upset because if your wife is upset about something, you are not fine. (laughs) Something is going on that you need to involve yourself in more emotionally. Um, that said, I'm not even me personally, I'm not super over the top emotional, you know, when things happen, you know, I cry, but it's probably going to happen once. Uh, and that's probably going to be it for that event, even though I have ongoing grief. I like. I think I've only seen you cry three times. Four times. Four? Yep. I can only think of three. Oh, this time you were sick. No, no, no. That so doesn't five? count. That doesn't, people can't know Our about wedding that. day. People ignore that. Oh, well, that's true. No, our wedding day. Um, Papa. Our first miscarriage. Yeah. Papa. When my, when my, my Papa died a couple years back. Okay, what's the next one? Our ectopic. The really terrible evening that I called uh, off work and we stayed home together and we I just kind of cried together. Crying. I remember that. Uh, and then this past time in December when we were in the parking lot afterwards and I had to go back to work after the doctor's uh, appointment. Anyways, I'm not, all that's to say is uh, I'm not an over the top emotional guy. But I think it's important, even for you ministering to your wife, for her to see that you are grieving this. Um, How upsetting would it be for you to be grieved by something, to be upset by something, and the fact that you're grieved doesn't bother or grieve your spouse? Um, There's just like a disconnect there that I think needs to explore. There's questions that you need to be asking about, you know, why am I so unmoved by this? Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's, we're just emotionally done. We're so upset Mm. about something. We've been walking through grief so much so that, you know, I just don't feel, you know, it feels like I don't have feelings right now. You know, um, that's kind of different than what I'm talking about. So, Mm. um, all that's to say, you know, uh, you know, your question was, how do you support, how can people support the husband? Um, I think, I think some of the biggest support that, that men need, that husbands need, that even I needed. Um, and I think I'm probably a little bit more sensitive of a guy than maybe a lot of other men are. Um, and I'm not even overly emotional about things most of the time. Uh, men need other men to come alongside them to say, Hey, it's okay to be upset. Hey, you need to be upset. Hey, this is a situation that warrants you grieving with your wife, support her, cry with her. Um, those sorts of things don't squelch the emotion of the moment. Let grief be grief and grieve. Um, 
I think that's a huge area of encouragement to the man. And then just walking alongside him uh, and giving him an outlet. Maybe he is feeling a lot of grief and he just doesn't know how to work it out because he Mm -hmm. feels like he needs to be strong. He needs to be the man. He needs to be, you know, the strong husband that's there to support his wife. And maybe it's that kind of situation where he feels like he needs to be supporting her, not mm-hmm. dumping more of his grief like on top of her. Like he needs to be strong because exactly. she's already low. Yeah. So maybe it's not a, I'm going to hide my feelings from her. Right. Like she knows I'm grieving, but I'm, I'm going to be strong for her. I'm going to, I'm going to be there to support her in her, you know, low moments. Um, so maybe other guys coming alongside him can give him an outlet for that grief in a way that he can still be supporting his wife. Not that he's hiding the fact that he's grieving, yeah. but just knowing that he has other shoulders to, mm-hmm. to lean on, that he has friends to support him uh, and talk to him or just be with him. Uh, those sorts of things. I think um, affirming him and his grief is huge. Um, mm. And men need that. Uh, I, I think our culture is a culture of acting like everything's okay, that mm-hmm. grief is not okay. I mean, you've even pointed this out that people are doing celebration services instead of funerals. Like we're mm-hmm. not even okay saying we're sad that someone's gone. Mm-hmm. Now we have to be happy and have a party instead. Like yeah. that's so inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, and maybe some of our listeners feel differently, but um, you know, and that, and that's for you to decide there. Anyways, that's just a side point that you know yeah. really doesn't matter. But I'm just saying that our culture tends uh, to to drift against real deep gritty emotions of sadness and hurt and stuff. Right. It's like um, it's all about you know covering it up and being okay and and just going on. Yeah, soldiering on. Uh, you know, I mean, bosses nowadays. Hey, your wife died. You'll be on at work on Monday though, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I, I would just say affirming his grief, affirming him in that and just shepherding him through that and even helping him to see um, where he can almost grieve better. I, I think grieving is kind of something we have to learn. We don't just naturally know it. Um, and I've mentioned this before. That's one of the things we we just didn't know what to do with in our first miscarriage was just, uh, you know, we didn't really have the pastoral care in our life to for someone to come alongside of us. And really, like as young as a young married yeah. couple, we we're only 21. Uh, really, I, I needed to be taught how to, to grieve. Like I needed to be told like, hey, it's OK to be upset about right. this. You should be. It's because um, we were so, you know, eating up the notion that we have to act like we're fine and just keep doing life. Yeah, for sure. You can't stop for anything, but we were really devastated. Yeah. I just remember, I mean, some of the key people in our life at the, during those times. And at that point was, uh, Dan and Christy, they really walked with us and there for us. Yeah. So that was really helpful. So we, we weren't without care, but our main leaders, our main pastors, uh, at the time, it just really felt like they, uh, didn't care. They didn't, you know, when they found out they didn't really follow up with us at all. And, um, and so, uh, you know, people need to be shown what it looks like to grieve in a healthy way. Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that starts with just saying like, Hey, I'm so sorry you're walking through this. Um, are you upset? (laughs) Are you upset at all? It's okay to be upset. You need to be upset. You need to, uh, you need to grieve this. Um, so anyways, that's, uh, another long rambling answer. <laughs> so hopefully that was Yay. helpful. Um, so I guess what, like what kind of comfort do you have to offer? Just Jared having been, you've gone through all of this um, for a few years now. What's some encouragement you would give to a, a guy who's going through this right now with his wife? Yeah, I, um, 
I kind of what I was saying already, like from a spiritual sense of, you know, God is trustworthy. He's not tricking us. He's not messing with our lives. He's not just, you know, a scientist in a lab experimenting on rats. Um, He loves us. Uh, We are his children. Uh We are co-heirs with Christ. Um, He doesn't abuse his children. Mm. Um, And so... Uh, I, I think it's important to to remember those things that God is in control and He loves us. Um, so, um, other encouragements that I'd have of you know you need to seek out community. Don't isolate yourselves. You're going to be tempted to isolate. You're not going to want to talk to anyone. You need to. You need to have friends. You need to have uh, you know people close to you that you can trust that know you well. Um, I'm not talking about, you know, maybe you know, we have, we all have friends that we would never go to with our problems simply because it's just kind of like, they're not going to be helpful. <laughs> so don't go to those people. Um, you need, uh, you know, your pastor should know what's going on. The person I would say who's in spiritual leadership over you. So maybe that's your community group leader. Maybe that's mm-hmm. your pastor. Um, you know, in our situation, it was our pastor and, uh, he, you know, and uh, we had other close friends who were just very kind to us, very helpful. You know, I think, you know, this time around we had uh, we had the most community and the most uh, or the least isolation I think we've mm-hmm. ever had in terms of walking through grief. And so we've been thankful for that and seen the value in that. And so I would just encourage you, don't isolate yourself, fight against the temptation to just bottle up. Cause you're going to have days where you're just like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to see anyone. I just want to be alone. And sure. That's fine. You know, there's days where you really do need to just be able to like hermit yourself up, cry it out, eat some chocolate and watch movies and you know, wear your sweatpants and <laughs> it's okay. And watch uh, star Trek. Yeah. But don't, don't let that go on days on end. That's not the healthy, that's not the way to handle these things. Um, that's not the mature way to handle it. And you certainly don't want to let it turn into a season of your life where you're isolating yourself, refusing to see people. And, um, so that would be my encouragement is, you know, there's going to be days where you feel really low. You don't want to talk to anyone. That's fine. Um, don't let it become your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Have community. Let them know what's going on. Let them serve you. Um, That's another thing is it feels a little bit weird for the husband. Like, well, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. So I guess I can cook and stuff like that. Uh, Let people bring you meals. Reach out for prayer. Say, hey, is there any, you know, reach out to your community group leader at your church and say, hey, you know, we're just really not up to handling anything right now. We're, you know, we're really grieving. We're processing. Is there any way you guys could kind of organize some people to bring us some meals? Um, that's not weird to ask for. That's yeah. why you're in community. Um, and you know, that said, be willing to do that for others too. Don't yeah. be a hypocrite, but, uh, in your time of grief, lean into the people around you. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other encouragements. Uh, but I, I think those are the ones that come to mind of, um, spiritually we can trust the Lord. Um, and ultimately our, our ultimate hope in life is not to have children. It's a God given hope. It's mm-hmm. a good thing to want. Uh, children are a gift from God. They're a blessing. So it's not a bad thing to want at all. Um, and so if you want kids, you don't need to feel guilty for that. Um, but we can also take hope in the fact that, you know, our ultimate hope is Christ and Mm -hmm. our ultimate need is, is God himself. And and he's Mm -hmm. given himself to us in Christ. Um, and so knowing that, 
God has already given us a, such a, a much greater gift uh, can feel like assurance to say like, okay, he's fully capable of giving me children. Yet in his wisdom, in his kindness, in his love, in his, uh, you know, in his endless and boundless mercy, uh, he hasn't. And so I can, I can call that hate. I can call that, I can look at God and be angry at him and say, you're abusive. You're mean. you you don't love me. Um, you know, you hate me or you're punishing me. Um, or, uh, or we can choose to throw ourselves on his mercy and say, Lord, I don't understand why you're doing this, but I, I need you to help me trust you. I need your spirit to, to impact my heart right now because I'm being tempted to think that you're unkind, to think that you aren't holy, that you aren't righteous, that you aren't loving, um, and to think that you're a bad father when scripture tells me that, that, that in your word, you're telling me you're a good father, that you love me and that you're giving me good gifts that you, um, and, and you've promised that you've given me Christ. So, uh, if that's true, if, if Christ, uh, is ours, um, then mm. our ultimate needs are met and, and we can ultimately work for contentment in our current circumstances, uh, knowing that if, if, you know, my life ends, and we, we go through our, our life without children, that God is still good. And we have a, uh, an eternal inheritance that's so much better than ever raising kids. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, but again, it's not wrong to want kids. I want kids. Uh, and I, I still hope that we have them mm-hmm. and we're praying towards that. So, uh, I think that's, I don't know. Is that helpful? Did yeah. I say anything that was weird? No. Um, I thought that was sorry. great. The, again, these are kind of spontaneous questions. Uh, so I'm having to take a minute to think through things a little bit more. And some of it is, I'm just kind of talking it out. Yeah, so that's helpful. I think that that's where the best kind of thoughts come from is when it's kind of on the moment and you get your initial thoughts and mm. more sharing the heart. I like it because Sometimes when you're really prepared, you know, you're very like intellectual about everything. It, it really feels like we're just having a conversation and yeah. I'm enjoying it. So, Oh, good. Yeah. I am so happy that uh-huh. you're enjoying this conversation. I am. Good. Well, I just have one more question. Uno mas. Um, so I figured you'd probably be able to share better than, than I would about okay. this one. But I guess how can the church do a better job at ministering to people going through this? Um, not that like they have to specifically right, have right, like, right, right, right. it's just kind of a sensitive subject. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, it's, it's kind of like anything else. Let's acknowledge it. I mean, the, the first place that I think of it is in the preaching. You know, if you're preaching through scripture, you're going to come upon moments of where it's talking about motherhood, barrenness, those sorts of yeah. things. Those are themes throughout scripture. Um, so acknowledge it where you can from scripture. Acknowledge it, talk about it, bring it into the light, let people see it, um, give opportunities for maybe people in your church who are walking through it to share about it. Um, there's spaces for that. Um, I would probably, uh, I, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things is just bringing awareness. I think people just aren't aware. Um, I know I wasn't before we walked through it. Yeah, I wasn't aware. So I was oblivious. Granted, I was, you know, 20 years old, but, um, you know, I think it's just, we just talked about the temptation to isolate. I think it's the nature of infertility that it is a hidden, uh, it's a hidden struggle 
simply because uh, the only people that are going to talk about it are the people who are walking through it and the people who are walking through it don't want to talk about it. Mm. You know, there's it's just not in your mind if you're not walking through it. You're not thinking, hmm, I really want to talk about infertility today. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not something that's on your mind. Uh, So I think... Honestly, what I think this, the best thing the church can do is for those who have walked through infertility or are currently walking through infertility, uh, depending on where they're at with it, to speak about it, to bring awareness to it, um, to write blog posts about it, to write Facebook posts about it, to, to share their stories. Um, I think the hardest part and the reason why people don't speak is because they feel like they're alone. When they're really not, if they would open their mouths, if they would share, if people, if, if people only knew that they were walking through this, um, the people who have had miscarriages just come out of the woodwork around them to share life with them and Mm -hmm. to support them. And, uh, and so that would be my encouragement to the church is our churches are full of people who have walked through this. They really are. There's people everywhere who are walking through this. It's not rare. Um, sadly it's, it's not. Um, and so I just encourage anyone who has walked through this uh, as best as you can in the place that you're at with it, share, walk with others, um, come together uh, and don't be isolated. Um, I mean, the, the same temptation for the person actively walking through it might exist for the person who's done walking through it. I have my kids mm. now. Uh, infertility is something behind me and I don't want to talk about it ever again. Mm. Um, don't do that. You know, there's a place in time and I, I know that we shared that or at least I shared that sometimes it's tough to hear from someone uh, who has kids on infertility because yeah. it's like, well, you got what you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still there's a place in time uh, to share and to care and to walk with people. So mm-hmm. um, I think looking back, that could have been a huge thing for us in in knowing that this isn't something that we have to walk through alone and we can ask other people, you know, what do we do? What do we do with ourselves? You know, because other people have gone before. Um, if someone came to me and said, hey, we just had a miscarriage. What do we do? I'd say grieve. Lean into those that are close, uh, that are nearby. Your, mm-hmm. your spiritual uh, shepherds need to know. Let them know and let them walk with you. Let them serve you and let them care for you. Uh, be honest uh, and cling to one another. Um it's not going to be over in a week. Mm. It's going to take months. And again, you shared this last week, but losing a baby is something that lasts for a lifetime. You're, even if we have kids that, or we adopt, those are not uh, replacements. Right. Those are not replacement children. Right. It's not like, ah, it didn't work out this time, but he finally got here. Mm. No. I mean, there's... You, you were pregnant with, with children that I'm not going to get to meet this side of heaven. And that grieves me. That hurts. That hurts my heart. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> On a sad note, <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, that, uh, did, do you have anything you would add to that? I don't know. I mean, for like the, having the church help minister. To yeah, people? was that was um, that helpful at all? I don't, oh my I don't gosh! Know. Yeah, that I was feel like really I just helpful. keep rambling. I like it. Okay, I think it's because we're tired. Oh, that that could be part of it. But 
no, it's a good rambling kind of subject. And thanks for just sharing your perspective on everything. I think yeah. that it's really helpful for people to hear from a guy on it. Because I don't think I ever have. Yeah. Um, I think maybe I stumbled upon a blog post like years ago that a, right. that a man wrote. But other than that, I haven't seen much of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that um, last question. But... Do you have any closing thoughts or anything? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, here's one. If you're a mother of children, stop complaining on social media about your kids. There's people out there who want kids and you're complaining about <laughs> the ones you have. So stop it. That's inappropriate. I mean, that's inappropriate for multiple reasons. Yeah. You're you grow up. <laughs> stop being a little girl on social media, whining and getting attention. Uh, be thankful for the blessings the Lord has given you uh, and handle your life. <laughs> uh, trying to think of anything else. That just popped in my head. Uh, that aggravates me. When people um, complain on social media. About their kids. Mm. Yeah. it's uh, And there's the other ones that are kind of playful, like, look what happened today, hashtag, you know, parenthood, or, you know, those sorts of things where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm frustrated. Like finding the humor or something in it. Yeah. And that, that's not that big of a deal. I'm talking about, like, I don't know. It's it's not a place to vent. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's very frustrating to see. Um, another thought uh, is... Uh, it's really tough. Um, this is one thing. I don't know if there's a better place for it, but one thing that continues to pop in my head as, you know, our culture is a culture that is, you know, basically celebrating abortion. And mm. it's really, really, really difficult as someone who so badly wants I children. I almost asked you about that. I'm glad you're saying something. Yeah. It's so difficult and so frustrating and brings me so much anger and sadness and all all the feels mm. uh, to see these people celebrating uh, and marching for and high fiving each other and bragging about mm -hmm. uh, uh, aborting their babies mm. and um, really, really hard. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, and that, I, that's kind of a weird side note. No, I know. I mean, I felt like a new kind of wrath toward yeah. abortion, having gone through what we've been through, of yeah, just desiring sure. that life yeah. in the womb of like, I want to bear children and these people are marching to put them to death. Yeah. It, it just makes me so intensely furious. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, Good closing thought. <laughs> yeah, seriously, on that on that note. Well, it's a hopeful thing you can leave us with. Uh, that this is not the end of the story. And we don't know where it's going. Uh, and the truth is, is, is God may never give us children, but he's given us Christ. Uh, he's given us freedom and he's given us an inheritance that at the end of my life, whether I raise children or not, I know that I'm living it for him. And if I don't see his blessings on this side of eternity, I will see them on the other side. 
uh, and we will celebrate all things together. We will see the wisdom in all things that he did and we'll continue to grow in understanding of his great and vast wisdom and his great and vast love. And we'll celebrate that together forever mm. and we'll be so satisfied uh, that one uh, split second in eternity with him will make us forget about 80 years of a tough life here mm-hmm. on earth, trying to walk with him, trying to trust him, trying to uh, live in obedience towards him and really searching for answers to some of the, some of the questions he hasn't answered for us. Uh, you know, it's, it, it would be easier, I think, for us to come up with some kind of happy icing kind of way to like yeah. infertility, but this, right. uh, you know, you're walking through infertility, but think about this and everything's better. Um, you know, and that's the hard part is like, you know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, a fix. This isn't a band aid. This isn't anything. We're just talking about the difficulty of it and we're going to continue to walk in it when we hit the, you know, the stop button on recording, we're still going to be wondering, you know, Lord, will you ever give us children? Yeah. Um, but it's not the end of the story. Uh, and there's purpose in all of it. And I think that, you know, as we continue to walk through life, walk through obedience, submit to the Lord, submit Mm -hmm. to his, uh, his plans for our life. Um, and, uh, and just live, um, as best as we can, as you know, as the spirit is working in us to make us more like Christ, I think we're going to start to see the the shapes and, and the, and the, the patterns of what the Lord is doing, even though we don't see the whole, the whole story, the whole picture yet. Um, you know, there's definitely things that will bring meaning to your suffering that will bring meaning to your infertility and, uh, and your struggle through, uh, you know, miscarriage or just not being able to get pregnant. Um, however your walk looks, the Lord's going to use that. Um, and so I would say that it's infinitely more meaningful to, to see how the Lord uses your story to impact others around you, uh, than to bottle it all up, isolate yourself and be angry at God for your, for the rest of your life. Um, so, uh, anyways, yeah, there's purpose in this. There's meaning in this. Even if you can't see it, be encouraged. Thanks, Jared. Mm-hmm. So it's really great. I hope so. I hope it's helpful to people. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope it, I hope it's helpful to, to maybe, you know, men out there that are, that are walking through this with their wife. Um, you know, it's like you said, it seems like women are given a, an automatic, like green, you know, green light to, to share their feelings on it, to, to, you know, to be the one grieving and the guy is kind of forgotten. So hopefully this kind of shines a light on that spot that, you know, as your husband, as the father of, of, of our, of our babies, you know, I grieve daily, um, you know, in different ways. Uh, sometimes it's more intense. Most of the time it's pretty dull and it's going to be lifelong. So, um, you're not alone out there. Uh, don't make yourself alone. You don't have to be alone. Mm. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that's all we have today for, um, that's all I have for my questions. Okay, cool. What was it like hosting an episode? Um, I mean, you're always a co, we're always co-hosting. I usually, I don't know. It was fun. 
Yeah. I feel bad because I'm like so tired. I know. I can tell. I see the 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 look on your face when you hit my, the wall. My eyes are getting like droopier and droopier, and I already have like dark circles under under my eyes. I've had them since I was like born. Um, they're getting worse. You're, you were born tired. I, I literally like my kindergarten photo. I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't you guys feed me freaking broccoli? Like anything with fiber. You need zinc. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it is. I know. I said fiber. That's like totally. Don't listen to us. It's, it's getting late and later and later. And All right. Okay. Well, that's all we have today, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. And please feel free to email us your thoughts and questions and concerns. And leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Yes. If you would like, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes. And you can also share this with a friend. Yeah, and we encourage you to. Uh, this yeah. is an encouragement for those walking through it, and it's a resource for people who want to understand the issue better. Yep. So do it, share it, listen to it, and re-listen to it, and share it. Uh, and we do want to hear your thoughts. Wish it, want it. Do it. Do it. Uh, if you're going to email us, uh, email us at, uh, what is it? Info at millennialmindspodcast.com. Okay. There you have it. Okay. See you later. All right. Bye. How do we usually end? No, okay, we, just, bye. we just say bye. Bye. Bye.